Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. So out of all of the videos that you've created, mm. basically, I want to say um, the one about like the gays at the club, which one do you think that you are for real? Um, at the club? At the club. So I would say at the club, I'm a few. Um, I'm stoner gays for sure. Um, okay. I'm definitely always going to be stoner gays, especially recently. Um, you know, if somebody buys me a drink, you know, I might be like, you know, Cute gay with a drink, maybe. <laughs> maybe shy gay with a drink, depending on yes. the day. Um, and then, I mean, in some of my, like, younger days, I did experience times at the club where I was twerking gays. But, like, in my current life, I just think that in L.A., people don't dance that much, honestly, oh, okay. at the club. So I think it would depend on where I'm at. Like, if I go to L.A., like, you know, maybe I'll, and I'm drinking... Maybe I'll just be feeling myself and be like, you know what, we twerk team guys today. So part of the reason I made that video was because when I was at the club like a couple of days before that, somebody had um, come up to me and was like, oh, well, you know, you be twerking on Instagram, but you know, you're really <laughs> chilling right now. And I'm like, well, that was like, you know, social media. And, you know, there's club you, there's yes. social media you, there's, you know. So it was just funny to me because in that moment, I was like, dang, we all kind of choose how we act, yeah. like, you know, they're at like, the club. Or he, they're yes. like, where the same energy at? Right, no, that's literally what he was saying. He was like, I'm getting no energy from you. Meanwhile, I'm just super high off my weed standing there like, You're like, like I'm I don't know what's, I'm looking for a seat, like looking for, for a chair, like. Yeah, but yeah. I would say um, always for sure stoner gays, though. Okay. I would say I am definitely shy with the drink. <laughs> I got to survey. Listen, I got to survey. I am a giant, so I got to make sure I know where the exits are with some shit going down. <laughs> and then if when I get those drinks in me, I throw a couple of eight counts. Now, I lead the charge. And then also, if you made this one, I am like a bartender. Like, I'm like a DJ. So when I start oh. getting drunk, I'll be like, all right, I need all my ladies on the dance floor. We got free shots of Henny. <laughs> That's funny. Because for part three, actually, I was, I've was i been planning a part three, and I had Host Gay as one of mm -hmm. them. Like, you know, okay. the one on the mic. Like, we want to yes. see you shooting that ass. All that stuff. <laughs> that the, is me. That's funny. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, well, that's a funny mix. Yes, you got it. Listen, I'm it's create it's a, the one I don't see a lot, so I'm like, I need to get that representation. But that's real. <laughs> but what is up, everybody? It is your boy Lord Devry, and welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create a space where black boys can be themselves and so much more. You all, as you probably can tell, Derwin is not with us right now. He has some business that he's taking care of, but he will be back and he is sending his love to our guests and me today. So don't think he's not with us y'all he is he just got some business to handle but i'm going to take the day and go on with our guest for today and our guest for today is he needs an introduction y'all he is a jack of all trades he does everything he is a actor he is a producer he's a writer he's a director and he also is like this like content creator that is like on the way right now we have what, first of all, what do you want to go by? Let's, I want to let you say that for me, sir. Um, I mean, you can say Philly. Okay. Uh, my, my first and last name is Philip Johnson, but I mean, you know, whatever. I don't care. Okay. What <laughs> you know, some people are very adamant about the name that you drop. You know, they you are. Know, they uh, are. Girl, give, no. I need you to hear me about my brand name. So I'm going to call you Phil. It's Philly. Yeah. Philly, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, so Philly is in the building with us. He's going to be What's up, y'all? What is going on in his life right now? You all may also know him as the as the director, writer, producer, and works on the script, sorry, the TV series, Flip Flop, also the hit series, which I watched back in the day, Black Sex in the City. Okay? Oh, yeah, OG from OG. City days. Yes. <laughs> Come on, we're going to talk about that as well. Also, pretty yes. good. So much more. So you all, make sure you also, y'all probably have seen him on y'all Explore pages. And y'all TikToks as well, making all these videos about what some of us be like in the clubs and, you know, with our friends and on our Zodiac cast. So don't be thinking that's not y'all because 10 out of 10, 10 times out of 10, it is y'all. But what is up, Philly? How are what's you? What's up? What's up? I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm happy to be with 
black boy joy, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit of a weird day right now because it's actually really storming outside out the window. Like it's flooding, but yes. inside, you know, I feel black boy joy. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yes, it's actually, it's actually, I think we're in the same like time zone. So it's actually yeah. storming over here um, as well. Mm-hmm. I actually just got back from New Orleans, like literally flew in around like nine. So I'm still like coming off of this like NOLA vibes as well. So. Oh, that's good. I know you I know. food. I, I know you- did. They did also say it's some hurricane touching down, so that and makes I sense, I guess. Why it's <laughs> that's real. That's real. my bag. So yeah, I'm trying to get all into this stuff and get back into you know um, the East Coast and all that stuff. But I'm glad you're here with us. Glad you're going to be the guest for today. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to get our guests to know a little bit about you, some projects that you're working on. Just get you into the conversation like we always have our guests uh, do. But the first thing I want to ask you is, what does Black Boy Joy mean to you? To me, I would say Black Boy Joy means waking up every day and choosing to explode love from ourselves. Like, I think of me or anybody like the sun. And our light that we shoot out is love. So that's how I look at Black Boy Joy, like trying to just shine your light and love as much as you can around the world and to make yourself happy but also like help make others happy yes we need so that's how i look at it. yeah sorry yes. my bad <laughs> oh no 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 it's, it's a cool. little delay so i'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's cool yeah no the virtual behind <laughs> you know it's so funny because we are still you know we're we're going back slowly but you know um delta varia said hold on Wait a I minute. Know, I know. I'm so, like, yeah. oof. I just, I really hope that at least by the holidays, you know, it's just more chill. Because in 1920, the Black Plague lasted for 1920 and 1921. So I'm hoping that. In, so I'm hoping that in 2022, you know, we're able to uh, rise above <laughs> the variance and all of it. <laughs> yes. Well, hopefully we do too. Because I thought I was, I thought I was about to be Stella getting a groove back, but I guess I'm about to be back in the house like waiting to exhale all right i know so, right we so in between i'm like are we outside or not at this point like where are we i need like an announcement on the news like a mandate you all are outside just an announcement from everybody i mean a lot of people were outside the whole pandemic so they were and they and they are they they said they ain't got nothing but low-key they probably got some you know covid cases up in there but anyways what has brought you joy today or this week Oh, gosh, this week, I mean, being around, because right now I'm in Detroit, uh, visiting home with, I've been here since the beginning of my birthday month, so since the beginning of June. So I would say this week was brought me joy. It's just in general, like this month and last month, hanging with friends and family that I had not seen since before the pandemic. Like that was, that definitely was not easy, I feel. You know, we as humans, we need to see our peoples, like period. We are connected we have to exchange the loving energies. So, I mean, that's brought me joy. I've also been having some really good meetings. And, like, I had one yesterday that I literally have been waiting to meet with this company since yeah. um, February. We started scheduling it. And then it just is like, finally, we actually had the meeting. Because that's how the industry goes, you know? You just kind of, as a producer, you have these long waits in between certain things. So, I've just had some fun business things um, unfold this week, too. That's good. That, I didn't know that like it took like it take a while for like your business like from February and it's literally July. I mean, yeah, yeah. July. No, you, you literally just sit and are like, okay, well maybe they'll get you know back to me by next year. And yeah. So so when it actually like works out and the meeting that's been getting scheduled happens, it's very exciting. So that was good. Yes. I think for me, same. I, like I just told you all, I've been with family and um, I'm from the Midwest as well. So we went, we traveled to um, New Orleans and I just love being around my family and just like positive vibes, just being like drunk with them and just like having like random moments. If y'all, right. y'all want to see what me and my family did, please check my store before it has you know, disappeared, but we had a ball. We crashed into some things. We drank some things. We had a ball, but I definitely uh, enjoy being around family and friends when I can't, because I'm, um, I'm on, um, I'm in the DMV area. So mm, okay. from Ohio and all that stuff, it's just like, I like seeing that, but Ooh. that is, hmm? Oh, I was just going to say Ohio. <laughs> I was just there at Cedar Point the other week. Okay. So that's the one thing I, that's one of the one things I love in Ohio. 
<laughs> yeah, listen, I listen. I don't even love it. So you, at least you got more than I do. <laughs> I love my family. Well, we are going to get into our Black Boy Joy Spotlight for this week. And this week's Black Boy Joy Spotlight goes to Lavelle Dunn, a.k.a. The Lavelle Show on Instagram. Lavelle is a content creator who takes his followers on a journey through his life for all... Um, Wow, I can hold on one water at child. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I get tongue tied over here. Let me read this again. Okay. Oh, there's a content creator who takes his followers on a journey through his life, all from the convenience of social media. From him trying recommendations from Trader Joe's, challenges with her friends, and get ready with me, or candid chit chat, Lavelle has made a platform for himself right from the swipe with the swipe of a finger and his content is clean and produced with great quality so i actually found out about his videos like he was doing a trader joe's haul and oh. he was doing one and i was like it was i think it was like watermelon like beef jerky and i was like oh that sounds tasty trader joe's becoming some random little nice thing it's real healthy and i'm like I, I it's either you eat the watermelon or you eat the jerky and he said it was good so i went to go try it and i didn't see so you went and did it well yeah, shout out to him <laughs> Shout out to Lavelle. Oh, did you like it? Did yeah. you like it in the video? Yeah, I think he did. did he, he did. He did. Oh, well, dang. Well, shout out to Lavelle. Yes, content. Come on, content. I said, all right. And I was like, you better, you better, because somebody probably like this damn watermelon jerky, because I definitely was like, I'm not going to do that. But shout out to Lavelle. It sounds good. Doing that. Ooh, well, okay, because I love watermelon sour. It sounds good. It does. Cause, okay, because I was thinking, I, like, the jerky I've been part. I've been eating these watermelon edibles because I really like watermelon sour patch. So I'm like, that sounds good. Those are good, but I can't eat them too much because if I keep eating them, motherfuckers, I'm going to think that I'm literally eating candy and it's going to kick you in. And I'm be like, <laughs> I think I need to get my stomach pumped. But makes oh my great God. content. Makes great That's content. real. So now we're going to jump into this little game I want to play. I know you are into the entertainment industry and I want to know how well you know some of these plots of these shows. I only got two, so don't get too nervous. But I'm Okay, let me see. see. I wonder which ones you're going to say. I, I, I probably chose some terrible ones, but let me go with the first one, all right? Um, the no, first I, one. I, huh? Oh, no, I was saying, I <laughs> hope I know. Okay. I'm excited to hear which shows. All right. The first one, it's, okay, it's a movie, so I'm going to give you a hint. It is a movie. It says, a lost girl kills the first person she meets and then teams up with others to kill again. To kill again. A lost girl kills the first person she meets. Yes. And then teams up with others to kill again. And then teams up with more people and keeps killing. It is a Oh, I'm really stumped right now. It's old too. I have no idea what movie this is. I don't know it. Okay, we got this. We got a very very old movie. (laughs) Okay, you get one. I really um, I give lost you, girl, and I give you three kills. Hints. So it's like a horror. Okay, all right, all right. Let me think. So, not a horror. This is pro- oh, it's not a horror. Nope. Because I was just gonna start listing horror movies that I know the names <laughs> of, but don't remember the plots. <laughs> it sounds like it is one though. It's a it's an old movie, very very vintage. Um, hmm. it is not a horror movie, and they have made a shit ton of like remakes and sequels. And there's also a musical based off of one of the characters. A very like popular musical. Lost Girl kills the first person she meets and teams up with others to kill again. I didn't want to give it away. (laughs) I'm sorry, I really have no idea what's even said. Lost Girl makes me think of there's something called Gone Girl, but I feel like that's absolutely not what we're talking about. Not. Uh, when I say old, I'm talking about, like, the 30s. Okay, oh, I definitely don't know it. I'm sorry. How bright. It's um, The Wizard of Oz. Oh, my God. I was going to say that because you said the musical. <laughs> yes. Is that really what The Wizard... Oh, wow. This is embarrassing. Yes, um, Lost Girl Kills I, I really was going to say that once you said musical. Wow. I should have just spit it out the way I did Gone Girl. Dang, I could have made a mistake in one there. You could have. Okay, okay I'm going to get the second one. I'm going to just trust my instincts. Yes. Right. <laughs> a struggling artist and a rich girl fight over a door. O- over a door? Yes. A struggling artist in a rich fight over what a door? Yeah, it's based on a true story. Fight over a door. (laughs) I'm completely (laughs) stuck. I don't even 
a door. What? Based, based on a true story. It is struggling artist and a rich girl. It stars a very like successful white actor like right now um, or to this day. And it is a period piece. I want to say a period. Hope that is the right thing. Um, the door's not important though. And is, is this important. a is this a um is this a show or a movie? I'm sorry. Movie. Movie. Oh dang. Oh my god. The one thing I was thinking of that might fit it was not a movie. Okay. Okay. Dang, I'm sorry. See, I told you before we started, I don't be knowing my yeah. movies. Okay. Celine Dion has like the a hit song from the movie. I really wish I knew what it was. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. You got I, one hit. Um, Just give me one hit and then I'll give you, I mean, one, give me one guess. One, one guess. um, oh, got a door and a rich girl, struggling artist. This is going to sound stupid. I'm just going to, oh, okay. oh, that's a show right now. No. I'm trying so, to like oh. say something. I'm <laughs> trying to say stuff that even makes any sense. Um, I'm, oh, I, I am, I am not, well, but I'm not sure. I'm sorry. This is. All right. Titanic. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay, these are like riddles that at this point. <laughs> I was trying to find black ones, but I couldn't find black ones. Oh my god. Oh, I, what, I, over a door. Wait, so a struggling artist. Yes. In a rich. The the I haven't seen it in so long. Remember, she was not letting him on the door, and he was like, I'll just wait. It was the door because it was like. Was that when they were in the room down there and they were really struggling about to get flooded? No, they was outside. This is, okay, so this is when <laughs> they were like on the water already freezing? Yep, they was already Oh, frozen. so this is the end when then he goes down and drowns. Yeah. Dang. They was arguing over the day. I don't think they argued. I think he just gave in and let her like stay on the thing. So oh I should have found a black one, but I couldn't find a black one unless I made one up. Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. This is my fault. I should have just Whoa. not. If I would have seen those two more recently, I would have been more like, okay, yeah, let me grab onto this exact thing. I had no idea. <laughs> I was trying to see, you know, I was trying to see if you knew, but I guess you know. I don't be knowing low key <laughs> with my movies a lot of the times, and even like with celebrities and things, like just people, like yeah. I be knowing what I know, but the other ones, I'd be like, y'all gotta let me know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, so going into our hot topics, did you hear about Safari Safari from um Love Flavor of Love and like Biz Markey, how like the internet had tried to kill them off this like this past week? Safari, like, like the one with OnlyFans? No, the girl, she was also so Safari, she was like one of the contestants on Flavor of Love. And oh, she I... somebody posted on her Instagram that they found her unconscious at her house, right? What? So, and I think like in eight hours, she get on like, y'all, somebody hacked my account. I was I'm alive. So everybody what? was like, Wikipedia already killed her. Everybody on Instagram was already sending out condolences. Oh my God. I do remember seeing somebody tweet about, see, like y'all should have waited for a confirmed uh, source before y'all thought she was dead. When I saw that tweet, I was like, who in the world are they talking about? And I didn't see it on the timeline. So I just kept scrolling. But wow, I didn't And Markey. They did the same oh thing with Bismarcky too. They killed Bismarcky as well. Dang, M. M. Wara Rose off of Shit's Creek. They did the same thing to her. Wait, she ain't she she? Oh, they, oh I didn't know about that one. Oh no, this is just on a TV show. Like oh. it was a funny episode. <laughs> like she's a celebrity, but she like fake died. So then it was it was very dramatic and hilarious. But yeah, yeah the internet killed her off, and she was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> Everybody's just trying to kill everybody right now, which is crazy. Also, do you watch, have you ever heard of a show called David Makes a Man on OWN? Um, you know what? My, I think it was either my mom, somebody has been telling me to watch that show. You should watch it. I just started finishing up this, I'm catching up on the second season. It's only three episodes because I finished the first. I highly mm. recommend it. It's all about black masculinity and us navigating mm. boyhood. So people check that out. I just was like trying to see if anybody else was on the same path with me about it, but it's okay. I just love it. Not everybody else. I'm just playing. That's um, real. No, no. I've been hearing good things about it. I'm trying to remember who has like been urging me, like, you need to start watching this. But I'm so deep in Manifest right now. And then now also the Gossip Girl reboot that it's like, I only have so many hours in the day. But I would love to be watching yeah. every single show and movie every day. So did you already watch the episode of Gossip Girl yet already? I watched. Is there only one out right now? 
not watched it, so I'm going to watch it. I watched it. I watched it. I'm like, I enjoyed it. I did. It was it was very different. Oh, I won't tell you anything. It's very different than the first one, and I enjoyed it. I like their increase, slightly increased diversity too. So yeah, I thought it was cool. They got to throw that diversity in now. Do you think that every show needs that divert like that like? diversity or like a queer like queer characters or like when they do reboots do you think that that is always needed or you think that like you know sometimes just y'all can keep the old shit um i would say it kind of is needed because i mind you i love the old gossip girl absolutely yeah. love it but it was also a very white show <laughs> like it was i liked it because of that but I, that, it's that's true because <laughs> i do i think that we do enjoy watching like you know white dramas play out like it's funny yeah. watching white drama but i do enjoy seeing them like you know for some representation in there for us because I think if shoot, if we gonna watch a hit show, like shit, put some of our niggas in it or put some of the gays in it. Like at this point, just just sprinkle us in. We we all black people and the gays spice it up anyway. So I'm like, just throw us in there. Like, I'm cool with it. (laughs) I always talk about this with I always talk about this with Derwin. I'm like, did you ever watch Noah's Ark? Uh, yes, I've seen okay, episodes. Well, needs- of it. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the whole thing though, because yes. I've only watched like. Because now that you know, it's all pop. Like yeah. now that we're out and everything, but when I it was coming out, I was only ten, and like I definitely <sighs> didn't see it back then. So I've seen some of it just because I went to yeah. YouTube, but I don't even know everything. I it's need so to go sit and watch all of yeah. it. I was watching. Now I don't. Now I know I was not watching it when it came on, and if I was, <laughs> I was watching it with the TV on mute. Right. I don't remember, but I watched the Afro book. What I was going to say was they need to reboot some shit like that. You know, they need to Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I remember they had tweeted about that. And then somebody was like, oh, let me play Noah or whatever. And Noah, or not Noah, but Daryl yeah. Stephens then quoted it. It was like, um, or I can play it. Like, I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not like, dead. I'm just a new age group. I can still play the role. Yeah. So I would love to see that cast, you know, reconnect and have they like, um, you know, just grown men? Because of course they were grown men then too, but you know, going through their yeah. other grown men things now, it would be rude to say that. I think so too. I think as well, I think having that, I think what my vision, somebody don't don't take my vision, y'all. I'm a child, I'm a copywriter. My vision is like having two, two different like stories being told at once, right? Mm. Having like the Daryl Steffens, like the older, more mature uh, Noah's Ark, and then like the coming in generation. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Something like you, he's the, like they're the boss or somehow yeah. like connected to the people who are, yeah, that would be cool to see the generations like play across. That would be dope. Yeah, but we gonna wait, we gonna see, but let's get into why we are here, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between and my binary queens. We are here to get Phil A's story, who he is, vibe with him, get to know what's going on in his life. First of all, how, how, how has it been for you being a filmmaker right now? Like what is going on? It's been cool. I mean, during the pandemic, when things were on super, super lockdown, I I did um, film one thing. I was in a short film that we filmed at the end of October. But other than that, like I tried to early on very much so keep myself in the house. So it's been really cool because I got to do a lot of writing and just so much behind the scenes work. Then now there's multiple different shows and films across genres that are being produced and that have been in production this year and some that are about to go in production. And it's like, at this point, I have so many creative projects and like different scripts and things like that going on that I don't even really have time to do them all. So there's some that I love, but I'm already thinking like, okay, yeah, in 2022, you know, I'll be able to shoot that. Cause like, we really have been kind of back to back with it, with things opening up gradually. So yeah. it's been really cool to be on set again, you know, be making things. Of course, we're all like still nervous in some ways about COVID, but I'm vaccinated. And at this point, you know, it was one and a half years of, or I'll say it was about one year of just the pandemic and everything. And so I just am really not at a point where I'm really looking to live in fear um, of the pandemic. I'm like, I know the variant is out there, but I'm like, we just gonna have to keep it pushing right now. <laughs> I think that's good that you're not living in this like fear mindset. I, that is, I live in that, and I need to. I'm working on not living in fear of stuff. Oh no, so. I I was in it. Like, oh, okay. That's what, last year I was very very in it. Like I was one of the people who did not take advantage of those cheap flights 
because I just was like, I don't want to get sick. And I didn't even want to come yeah. home, visit family because I didn't want to get them sick. And so I was very afraid. There was a point yeah. where I literally was afraid to even walk out my door because I was like, I'm going to get COVID and die. But, you know, so it's nice. No, literally this time last year, it was hard to even get me to like, want to go in the grocery store barely like i was convinced wow. i was just about, i was convinced we were just all about we're not we were all about to die from covid but yeah i did not want to get it like sounded really yeah. scary so so you never you never got covid you never had the yeah i don't I believe i did no yeah. well that's good i think that is good that um we were able to be blessed to see yes. 2021 i know unfortunately some people um we're not able to so i understand that but i want to go back into how how is your this is you have a very interesting story because you've actually traveled to a lot of different areas can you tell us your story about how you went from being a detroit native to now being mm-hmm. in la like your journey to getting to where you are now yeah so um when i graduated from high school in the detroit area in 2013 i went to university of michigan and i studied business administration with the concentration in like accounting and finance. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was at Michigan, I started, because I initially was running track at the beginning of it, because I had been an athlete all my life. But then I quit, right, and then I quit track freshman year because it just was like, you know, it was a lot of time and I was becoming interested in other things. And I didn't realize I was starting to get interested in really creative things and stuff. So I didn't really have the time to do everything I wanted. So I got involved after quitting in these runway fashion organizations on campus. And at first I was just like modeling or the finance chair. Uh I had done internships um, in accounting and stuff, but I realized like, oh shit, I really want to be a full-time creative as an adult. So I graduated and moved to New York. I got a finance job, Ralph Lauren in fashion. The truth is I'm not really a fashion boy. That's, you know, I'm not necessarily a gay who's great at fashion. So I was just like, this isn't really what I wanted to do. And I had realized that TV and film, like I was understanding that movement and certain things kind of were more where my passion lay. Yeah. So in 2017, when I had graduated and moved to New York and started working that job, I started this blog just to get myself writing and kind of like expressing myself creatively. And in 2018, was when I started my YouTube channel and dropped my first, started dropping my first web series, Black Sex in the City. And that was really just honestly spontaneous. Like I had known what my goals were, but I was dropping, I deleted them off YouTube now, but I was dropping like random videos on YouTube yeah. you know, for the first month. You know how like on YouTube, you just like post anything, yep. you just do some. <laughs> I was doing that. And then I dropped the first, black, I dropped something called Black Sex in the City. It wasn't going to be a whole show, but I dropped something and then people liked it. So then, Something in me sparked, I was like, oh shit, you know what? Let me just go ahead and make this a whole series. So that ended up doing well. And so then at the beginning of 2019, I ended the series to move to LA. And that is when I uh, started working. er, I was still working in finance full time, but I started my show Flip Flop, which then we shot the pilot for. We went on the pilot screening premiere tour for in four cities um, at the end of 2019. And then um, at the beginning of the pandemic, the show got picked up by yeah. Brandon TV, who was launched under Viacom and Awesomeness TV. So after that got picked up and I was brought on as internal creator and producer at Brandon TV um, with a non-exclusive deal, that's when um, my career really, really started to kind of pick up because that's when a lot more people started reaching out to me to produce their projects. And um, I just started having time to write more. And so now... Uh, about, I think we're almost a year later since uh, Flip Flop got picked up. We're about to go into production for that soon. And then in addition to like a lot of other projects and stuff that we're going into production for. So yeah, that's like a, I guess I kind of zipped through the story. But but yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, um, what happened. Yeah. We're going to get into you more, of course. So like, what made you like, did you ever decide that, you know, just being full time was like, was that a struggle when you made that decision to just go full time with like filmmaking, producing and like not really feeling like you had that, that back, that backup, that backing of like a nine to five? Yeah. So I actually was um, working nine to five in finance all the way up until like right before the pandemic, because I was going to be okay. starting a senior financial analyst job at Warner Brothers. I got the 
um, offer on March 11th last year on my sister's oh. birthday. And then the next day is when the world decided to shut down because of COVID. So I was launched <laughs> directly into unemployment and pandemic relief. So that is when oh, I got the time gosh. because I, I had been, because I was like, uh, working nine to five and also new to LA. So like partying, having fun and doing the business stuff. Honestly, before the pandemic, I was reaching a point where I just felt I didn't have the time to build my business the way I wanted to. I honestly felt like I didn't know what I was like going to do because it just, I didn't feel like I had enough hours in the day and that was becoming my nagging kind of feeling. So getting those hours in the day from the pandemic and being scared to leave the house I was literally putting all of my time into all of this. So now it's gotten to the point where, you know, with just being able to have flip-flop being financed and like different things, now I'm able to be full-time in it as, you know, we're about to transition off unemployment Mm -hmm. and everything like that with the pandemic ending. But yeah, I mean, I'm not grateful that COVID happened, but for the past one and a half years, I mean, I'm grateful just that I did get to spend every day on my business and not have to put my skills and energy and effort and knowledge into a company or a role that I really didn't care about at all. I think that's a blessing. Sorry, I'll let you go. Oh, no, no, that was it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a blessing because a lot of us would have never quit our jobs or had never taken a break if it wasn't for Mm -hmm. the pandemic. So if we didn't have the pandemic, some of us will still be in this miserable space of working a nine to five. Yeah. Not really jumping into like our creative spaces like for example with us with our podcast we were not we didn't expand to guests until covid happened you oh know? so that's that, real. yeah so it's it, like those moments yeah i mean it definitely opened up people's worlds because as adults we don't really get breaks and so yeah. if you get in a certain cycle and aren't necessarily pleased with all the aspects of it you know you can start to just feel like oh my gosh how do i change you know my life how do i change my pace so it was nice that covid allowed us to switch up our pace and decide, okay, what's important for me? What do I, when I wake up every day and sit in this same ass room I'm about to sit in because of the pandemic, what do I want my life to be? And what do I yeah. want it to be after we're going back into the world? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm definitely grateful for sure. In some, in some ways, in some ways. <laughs> You're like, of course there's other ways where it's like, yeah. dang, okay. I definitely would have liked to be club gays, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sometimes you gotta sometimes you need to get a pump your brain. You need you need you to do you know, you do. liver is good. You do because <laughs> I was being like, you know, a little young and messy anyway, you know, out here acting all scandalous. So I'm glad that you know I got to really just slow down, slow my pace, because I de- <laughs> sure thought you one of the girls. <laughs> No, I really was. Like, my first year in L.A., I'll just be honest, you know? I just look back, because I was, like, 23 at the time. I'm like, wow, Philip, you were making really interesting decisions. <laughs> so, being, did you prefer, where did, where did you prefer, like, what did you enjoy the most? You know, you were in the, you were in Detroit, you were, um, you went to University of Michigan, you went to New York, and you, now you're in L.A. Which space do you feel like you're finally you you enjoy the most of more so not finally settled. Um, I would say so for me, New York was always somewhere that I knew for some reason. I don't know if it was movies or what, but I knew I wanted to live in New York for one to two years of my twenties. Okay. That's always been my very specific ever since I was a little thing. So after I reached the end of that, I honestly felt that I got everything out of that that I wanted to. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I love for sure um, things about LA, but what the pandemic also taught me was that it's very important for me to have my full split time also with Detroit. Like Detroit is the blackest city in America. There's no soul food like Detroit. There's no just people and vibes and culture like Detroit. Like LA, honestly, LA natives are really cool. Actually. I really do like LA natives. The transplants, it's not that I'm a transplant, of course, so I have no problem with it, but there's less culture in some ways you could say Um, there's less of certain things. So it's just important to like have that home base too. So I really yeah. love both LA and Detroit. And I mean, I'm also interested in, cause I have um, some family in Atlanta and like that's another place where I wanna be kind of splitting my time. Cause now that I'm just working, you know, fully for myself, I do wanna be splitting my time and like, you know, cause I just, I love traveling. I don't like yeah. feeling too confined to one place. So, I mean, I love LA, I love, but when I moved there, I especially loved, um, 
just kind of, I mean, there's things I like about the party scene. There's things I don't like about the party scene. But when I moved there, I definitely felt it was really fun. Not as much dancing as I would say um, in New York. Because, you know, in New York, we're so Afro-Caribbean. Yes. Like, people going to be doing stuff. Like, every second, it's going to be a, some type of wine or, a, like, people are going to be going yeah. crazy at the parties. So I that's, just want to, yeah. L.A.? Yeah. I want to go there. Yeah. It's, it's So L.A., though, is fun. because But, you know, there's less afro Caribbean, just there's less just African and Caribbean culture yeah. in general. So that impacts the party life when it comes to dancing. But mm. you know, I still have a good time. Like it's it's a fun time for sure. And I love the nature and weather. So yeah. you know, I, I like all places <laughs> kinda. I just it's love the fun. world. I love yeah. all the cities, I all the cities, all the countries, all the continents. <laughs> I love them. You know, beautiful people. I love everybody. Yes. This Miss World, this Miss America pageant, I'm swear. So, <laughs> go I'm a woman of the world. <laughs> I am, I am everyone. Hear me roar. No, so, going into, after, you know, seeing the success of Black and Sex, Black, Black Sex in the City, did you feel like that was, like, the impact? Did you feel like that really impacted you to get right into, like, getting into other productions? Or did you feel like that was something that you let stay by itself and then gave your other projects their time? Um, I honestly was pretty eager in some ways to end Black Six in the City because the thing is that I wasn't, like, it wasn't an all a planned project. And I was literally writing, shooting, editing, and releasing episodes on a rolling basis. Because I didn't go to film school. I went to business school. So I was just, like, doing yeah. random shit. Like, trying whatever, writing whatever character, whoever, you know, like, whatever I thought was maybe going to be funny or whatever I was just doing. But I wasn't necessarily putting as much thought into everything as I do now. I was just right. freely, like, okay, boom, we're just going to release this and I was getting to learn through it and everything. So I was eager to have a project that was more so like, cause also, you know, with Sex in the City and Black Sex in the City, you know, already having that name kind of situation. I, I have a lot of like creative original ideas that, you know, every day, like I had said earlier in the thing, like I have more ideas and just super unique uh, things in my head than I even have time to do. So yes. I felt confined with Black Sex in the City. Wasn't, I have an intentional and just completely unique and dynamic plot in a way that's kind of important to me so artistically I wanted um I just I was happy with it and I was like okay I'm glad people enjoy whatever but I was ready for just like the next level and to just make things that were more sophisticated because I was 22 when I started that and I was just like you know, I just was doing whatever. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm, bis I'm bisexual this day. Or, oh, I'm like a murderer this day. I was literally doing just... You were having fun. I you was. Making I, was. Shit. I was. I was. <laughs> but I, like, I had a desire by the end of it to, like, mm. kind of hone in and, yeah. like, move on to the next and be able to start from episode one of a project. Like, all right, we put already months of thought into this. So this is like, you know, fully fleshed out thing. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm very big on like kind of perfectionism in a way, but I wasn't forcing myself to be with black six in the city. I just was like, I'm just going to release this. I'm just going to post this. I'm, I'm just young and I'm, I'm going to just do whatever I feel like doing. But now and, a couple years, and now a couple years later though, I'm like, I mean, I definitely would have, I just would have moved at a different pace for sure. Mm -hmm. And done things in a different order now that I understand the business and, everything yeah. more so it's just been like you know it's been really cool doing the indie projects because it's like my version of film school yeah. right now because i'm open to doing formal film school later but yeah. you know how student loans are like, you know what i'm saying i like, listen i ain't trying to go back and say these motherfuckers is paid for it's i'm my still paying them, them so i'm Me like too. you know what fuck y'all i'll just i'm like i will learn create my life, own okay it's the same with me because like I didn't I didn't go to school for journalism. I knew I was good at speaking. I knew I could create a space, you know. I was like, why not? You know, so I could definitely get that story of not right. going down that traditional path of, you know, filmmaking school or, you know, design whatever case may be. And now you're in a space where you're pretty, you know, successful. Well, no, because I want to go into flip-flop the TV series, which I think catapulted your level of success. Can you tell us about like what what made you want to tell that story about, you know, being a track star and, you know, being gay during that era of, you know, your your life or that? Yeah. So really the way that 
kind of my life story in a way went. I was running track from the time I was about six to 19. And for all of those 13 years, I was in the closet. So flip-flop in a way was like a creative reimagination of like what it would be like if coming out wild in that sports world. Because uh, when it comes to toxic masculinity and things like that, like, of course, athletics and sports are one of the main breeding grounds. So it's like that kind of was my experience uh, growing up. So I wanted to show that kind of um, showed that. And because I think that in general, just when it comes to homophobia or even just like fluid sexuality in the sports, um, in male sports, it's like this unspoken thing of the fact that, yeah, we know it's there, but then there's only certain people who will like actually be out. Like Michael Sams, I think his name is, um, was the first ever NFL player to actually like come out. Yeah. And it, it, but in general, you know, statistically, it's like, you know, niggas be gay, niggas be bi, niggas be fluid, right. all types of stuff, but we just act like not. And then, um, and I don't know if you also saw, but another cool, well, I guess I won't even get into that tangent. That's, Separate, but yeah, that's kind of what made me. Like, <laughs> wait, so wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh well, no, because I was just gonna start talking about another show that kind of does the same thing with talking about like gay life and homophobia and stuff okay. like that within like an unspoken of sector. Because, uh, but I'm just trying to think, like, because this was from a meeting. I had to think, like, wait, I don't remember if this was public info. That's why I had to, yeah. I had to no, backpedal I, myself. Right. We're not catching cases over here now. We need, you we know don't what I'm saying? I really this, had to think about it, like, wait a second. <laughs> we, I'm like, we're professional yeah, here. You can't talk about it. We don't talk about it. <laughs> I think, I think I did see an article about it, but it just had come up in a meeting. But, but anyway, um, yeah, so that's kind of why I wanted to tell the story, yeah. but like, bring fun and light to it. Cause, that's what I like to do because, you know, topics can be a little bit heavy, but we also can have fun. So yeah. I wanted to be able to show like, you know, that fluidity um, that can occur on screens because I feel like bisexual men kind of get, you know, either boxed in so that either they don't come out and are just with women and kind of live in a lie and get all internally and mentally, you know, messed up and just are at conflict. Or, you know, they're able to come out, but then there's the whole stigmas against bisexual men who are out in general. So either way, you know, it can just kind of be a sticky space. So although I do identify as gay and not bisexual, I decided that that was kind of how I wanted to tell that story. And then Flip Flop, actually, the name came after uh, the concept. Because okay. then I think we were having a meeting or we were about to have a meeting and I was telling my friend, like, you know, they said we need a name for the flyer or whatever. What should the name be? I told them the idea of the show. The first thing they said was flip-flop. And I was like, I kind of like that. That's fun, cute, simple. So boom, right. two years later, flip-flop. <laughs> and I think that it goes with the, I mean, it goes with the story and not in a derogatory way, but you know, the going back and forth. Or, oh, yeah. You know, fluidity. Because you know, some people may have been like, you know, flip-flop, what you mean? You know, because bisexuality isn't, you know, some people say that people are flip-flopping or not being able to choose when in reality they have chose to like both genders. So right. I think that, you know, sometimes, but did you, I appreciate the story as well. Um, as a track runner myself, I did not come out until I was in college. I did not run in college. So being very much gay and feminine in that mind, in that space, I played basketball, but then realized I could not be what I, who I wanted to be during that mm. space and then going into track, which have more of individualized, you know, practices or, you know, right. having to worry about others, but it's still, it's still a toxic space. So I appreciate it that, that at least that exposure that you were placing in the series. So I can't wait for you to, you know, dive more into the episodes in that conversation, but you also were going on tour to um, allow people to see the pilot. How was that for mm -hmm. you getting that together like i know that was an interesting thing and very probably like busy and time it was yeah it was i mean the funny thing is that it really was like it was insane and i felt like almost that i felt like i rushed it and was like oh gosh i should have just distressed myself out less like pushed it back just done you know 2020 so that i was less stressed because remember i was working nine to five so it yeah. was like it was so busy. I would be in the editing room. Like anytime I was not at work, I was at the editor's studio and just was like exhausted. And then, you know, was going city to city. And so it's funny though, because then the very next year, just a couple months later is when COVID started. So I was like, if I had not done the tour right when I did, because it was December of 2019 and everything shut down March um, of 2020. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely hectic, you know, working full time and just 
trying to learn everything and go all around. I was stressed out for sure during it, but it was fun. I mean, it was good. We had cool turnouts in the cities and it really, really helped for the pitching because it was like, look, this isn't like some type of like bot followers, like, you know, just this some fake serious. social media online. Like, no, we got people in this room, you know, interacting with it, which is important to show the studios and the investors and stuff like that, because you got to show them, look, we got bodies. We are able to market, you know, with little to no resources. Well, I mean, I guess our budget was, you know, some thousands of dollars, but with like little resources able to do what we need to do. So shoot, give us your studio budget and we'll do way more. So it was cool to get to like through all of just the hectic stress and everything and working nine to five while trying to do all this. It was cool to just have it all work out. And my favorite one was the Hollywood one. That's where things went almost perfectly. There still were just a couple of things that in general, you know, yeah. I just was like, oh my God, it was, I had, I had planned events before in college, but I was like, wow, being an adult, like doing events in multiple cities, I was like, it was, it was definitely just a, I get. I guess I didn't get to attend the events as a guest. You oh, know? Yeah, it was more like, yeah. very much so like, all right, what's going on over here? What's going on? So it just, it flew by, you know, it was like, boop. Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, I but think that fun. like, you were, I had a, yeah, you learned. I had a good time though. It was a good time. <laughs> I, I think it that was, was probably like a good stress, you know, like that stress. Like, oh my God. Yeah, like, I need to take a step back. I want to make like, a little. I did that. Yeah, looking back at it, I'm like, hey, I'm really glad we did that right when we did. Because if we hadn't have done that before the pandemic, I don't know what flip flop would be right now, honestly. Because we got to, you know, kind of get that jump start and get it picked up right at the beginning of the pandemic yeah. so that we could be doing all the behind the scenes stuff. If we wouldn't have had the tour, I mean, hey, we could have done some virtual things, but it wouldn't have been everything I yeah. wanted, I guess. So that was good. And you were saying you wanted to, like, were you saying you wanted to, wish you would have been able to record it or document it? Or were you about to say, Huh? No, I thought you were saying you're. Before, I think I interrupted you. So you you were saying I wish oh. I could have, and then I was I was letting you finish your. Session. Oh, I was gonna say I actually want to make like because I still have the videos in my phone from the tour. I was like I want to make a little recap video from the tour, a little real. It just is such a throwback now. I'm like, oh, that was a did that. that was a little young moment. It was a little moment. <laughs> I also want to know like so how do you. How are you able to come up with content that is both black and queer and still make it marketable? Because I think that that is very important for uh, filmmakers or people that want to go into the producing and writing entertainment and want to have representation is still making it marketable so that you can have people like you did come to the screenings and the tours. How do you feel like that was? How do you feel like that was for you? Um, how were you able to do that? Honestly, some of the times I'm not even sure. I'm just like people just, I just really focus on kind of getting, you know, thinking of the ideas and like thinking yeah. of the marketing strategies and stuff like that. Like I know that with um, flip-flops, pilot and stuff like that, having, you know, me and also other cool people just who have people who support them. And even having like Dallas Flashman Wade, of course, you know, yeah. he was involved in the pilots. So, you know, of course, then people are like, oh, okay, cool. We want to see a name so it to just, it. They know him. Yeah. Yeah. So like naturally, it just somehow worked out. Like I remember being at the um, Hollywood premiere and I'm not from L.A. I had only been in L.A. like, I think, 10 months at that time. And so, you know, I knew some people, but like not that many people technically. And I just remember looking around at the premiere like, who are these people? Like, who? told you guys about this event and I just so I literally I mean it shocks me every time even like on social media I'll just be like oh who are they like where are people coming from this is cool because I don't know I really don't <laughs> well I think going right into social media your social media you show your personality and I think that is something that we don't often see in our community as queer people of color you know queer men we are always seeing those facades that you post, those those viral videos that you've been making, of course, of us in the club, you know, the bougie gang or the one that's twerking and not really seeing the one that can make fun of themselves. And I think that that is something that is very unique. And I also wanted to know, have you always been someone that is very like honest and true to who you are? Has it always um, been natural to you? I think naturally I always have in some ways been kind of like a, I'm gonna describe, right? Because I was in the closet, so in some ways I would say no. Girl, I girl we all were. Okay, girl, we you all know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. 
That's what I'm saying. So like, I can't say I always would say I have like been, but like aside from that, I would say, yeah, I am a person who is just like honest, just like always going to just like whoever I am, like even with us talking right now, like whatever I'm thinking, I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm just, I guess I just stay true to myself. Like even with everything, like, I don't know. I don't really get a big head about anything or whatever. I I can make fun of myself, like you said. And I, in some ways, I guess don't um, have a problem like making a fool of myself also. Because in some of the videos, you know, at some points I know that, you know, acting (laughs) like a little character, like, or doing the little dances. Like, you know, I just, I guess part of my black boy joy is just like doing whatever and just, of course I try to be smart about it and be like, okay, well, I'm not just gonna like, you know, do anything and it's gonna, like, there's gonna be uh, brains behind it too, but I also like to just be free and having fun is like, that's my mantra. I like to have fun on my sets. I'm only gonna be happy if I feel that the room is happy and having fun. So if they, aren't then I'm gonna be a little affected to be like dang okay how could we you know make sure that everybody just feels that this is able to be like a fun experience for them and like worthwhile for them so I'm very much so about that and I feel like that ends up definitely reflecting social media in ways because I don't I guess I just don't care too much about like looking real cool because I feel like you know naturally I'm just already kind of cool so I'm like I don't really need to prove it I'm just gonna make a fool of myself it's like I, I know what I got I got the shit so you know y'all better y'all, y'all know I'm cool so I can make a fun I think that is that's really I think that is really unique and that's not unique but I think that is very like refreshing because a lot of times niggas like we don't be having you don't sometimes know what they sound like you don't know what they videos you it's just there's no videos it's always pictures so you always are like what is the whole picture of what that person is posting and with you you are giving people like listen i can make a fun of myself i can make fun of myself i'm goofy not gonna take this shit or leave it without there being this somewhat mystery or very much like hint of who the fuck is this like you know person so i think that i appreciate that because i'm the same way i wish i would I mean, I'm not saying I wish because there's our videos too, too. But like, I think that like we need to see more of us just being fun and like, listen, we all can like make jokes of ourselves. Yeah, some of that shit is real. Some yes. of this shit is real that we can make yeah. fun of and all that. Some of it is you know just like shit and giggles. But I want to go back to how do you come up with? I know I'm jumping, but listen, I oh no, it's brain. cool. Look, I'm ready. I'm my brain, listen, my brain. <laughs> you talked about creating a space for your uh, actors and your team to feel happy and you know healthy and they, that that vibe resonates with you how do you keep creating how what keeps you creating content also how do you go about choosing your um, team yeah i think what keeps me creating content honestly i just my brain feeds me a lot of ideas like even with the videos i've been dropping like the gays i have this ongoing list that's way longer than the things posted and i really only post like the very best of the best ones but it's like i just i have more ideas than i even have time and resources to make honestly so it just it keeps me fueled i'm like shit i want to see this project i want to see this through and also with my team like you know i want us to be able to all eat together and when it comes to choosing people for the teams, it's been a mix of things. So um, with Black Sex in the City, I mean, it was very much so spur of the moment, like um, friends in New York who just, you know, were down for whatever, because I just had started the YouTube and, you know, if you're like, oh, we're doing this YouTube video, you want to do it, you know, people will be like, okay, cool, I'm down to do that one or whatever, but it wasn't too formal. Like I, there wasn't any time I, well, there was, I guess maybe one or two actors in the second season who it was like, oh, will you be able to do like, you know, a whole bunch, like maybe several episodes. Yeah. But other than that, it was very spur of the moment. When I got to um, LA for Flip Flop, I just posted a thing saying I was, when I came up with the Flip Flop idea, I posted a video like, oh, got my new show idea, whatever, who wants to be on the team? So then I had people reach out and um, got a team of writers and producers. And so then from there, you know, I got to connect with some people who are not from LA and also yeah. some people who are from LA, but some of them, a lot of my team members for Flip Flop, some of the core ones actually went to college um, with me. And so it's been really cool to work with Michigan people and like have that base of home in my teams. And yeah, through social media and just like networking and meeting people, I've just been able to like 
across projects, like there will be people who reach out to me and are interested in either like writing on or producing or acting in yeah. something, or they have something they've written that they want me to produce and stuff like that. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, um, when Flip Flop got picked up, that's when especially like more of that started to flood in, like people wanting me to um, produce their projects and stuff. So now it's kind of gotten to a point where like, over the course of these months, in some situations, I realized like, okay, I said a couple of the wrong yeses, kind of, because you mm. really got to be careful about, you know, what you're doing and, you know, just how everything is structured and everything. So it's been, you know, a process of now filtering out like, okay, how do I make sure that everything on my slate is exactly aligned with what I need to be doing and like what I'm really, you know, just kind of what aligns with me uh, creatively and passion wise and everything. So, yeah, it's been really cool. It has, I mean, I love all the different teams I'm working with. There's a lot of different ones because it's a lot of different projects and I mean, yeah. it's been cool. I like that. I like the, conver the comment or the, the conversation of knowing the, when to say yes and knowing when to say no, because oftentimes when we are fresh into something and we're getting hit with this wave of people wanting me to be a part of this and they starting to understand the talent that you have, we are mm -hmm. quick to be like, yes, yes, yes. Th that was me. Like, yes, 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 yes. But then, some of them, it's like, that was the wrong. It's like, well, maybe this didn't actually pan out at all because, uh, or, you know, it's like, hmm, maybe this wasn't the right, you know. Right. When you say yes, when you say yes, and you end up doing a softcore porn, you're like, "Ooh, what's this? What? What's this? What? Am I <laughs> Am I producing a porno? Right? <laughs> yeah, hold up. This isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> you didn't tell me oh I was doing this, this video for you. I thought I was <laughs> production, not a whole intimate moment. Is right. And the thing is that in general, like I'm kind of a yes man. Like it's hard for me to say no. I like to people please. I like to make people happy. I like to try to like support and do a lot for others. Yeah. And then it gets to a point though where like I might spread myself a little too thin at points because it's like I gotta make sure that I'm pouring into me and have all things around me that are also pouring into me at the, you know, us pouring into each other. Cause I'm very quick to be like, yep, let's do it. Like it don't matter. Like, okay, yep. Great. And so it's been a little bit hard for me getting to the point where I just am able to be more, I guess, firm and assertive in knowing like when I need to more so maybe say no at the moment, yeah. which doesn't mean no forever. But sometimes yeah. it does have to be a no at the moment. I think it's a practice. I think we all are practicing knowing when to say yes and knowing when we honestly feel like we need to say no, because not mm. all opportunities are aligned, you know, and some opportunities are great for others. So I definitely appreciate that conversation. And I know some of us are yes men, so it is kind of hard. And yes women, and yes people. But I think that it, it ultimately, you, you spreading yourself too thin won't be helpful for your career in the long run. So I do appreciate you talking about that. But also, I know you recently dropped the crowdfunding uh, campaign for your next project, maybe next Christmas. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about that? You know, also want to shout out, sorry, going back, like the power of social media. You just posting on social media, like, hey, I need these people. I have a show. And then you get people DMing you and, you know, doing all this stuff. It really shows you when you have a talent or you when you have a project, people are willing to, if it helps them as well, jump and support as well. So I really appreciate you using the power of social media to um, advocate and um, get your production off the ground. But now, maybe next Christmas. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yes, so Maybe Next Christmas is a Black women's Christmas short film co-written by L.J. Lamec and Brianna Wyrick, and I'm executive producer for it. So we're going into production later uh, this summer in August, and yeah, right now we are raising money uh, for it. And just to tell you a little bit about the plot, basically it's three Black women friends who live in Los Angeles, and they're forced to spend the first Christmas um, away from home and family for the first time. So they kind of are okay. going through, you know, between love life and mental health wise, they're going through some things and even, you know, the long distance separation anxiety with family, they're going through it and their black girl magic helps like lift each other up and helps them get through it. So, you know, it has, of course, some real cute moments and it's just Christmassy and festive. And uh, it really was partly inspired by, you know, last year with the pandemic, a lot of people were yeah. away from their families. So it's like, okay, well maybe next Christmas will feel good again. Maybe next Christmas will be with family again. And you know, it'll feel like the childhood uh, Christmases. So I really, really love that project. I'm so excited for that to go into production. Yes, y'all. 
Go to the link in my bio to support Maybe Next Christmas. We've raised, I think, $3,065 so far um, on Seed and Spark. Our goal is $10,000. And the way the platform works, you have to make at least 80% of your goal to get any of the money. So we have about 20 days left, I believe, to raise, um, let me think, up to $8,000. So like $4,000 something dollars. So Definitely support that, y'all. Support, you know, Black Girl. Please, come on. I'm an, I'm an honorary Black girl for the film because, like, most of the team is Black women. And so, you know, I'm also a Black <laughs> like, woman. I'm also a Black woman of the world when I feel like so. I, I'm an honorary one. So support Black women in film. <laughs> right. I gotta, I'm a Black woman in spirit. I'm very honorary as well. So I want our girls to win and flourish. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for it. I have a shirt. I was like, where's this shirt at? But I couldn't find this. So I was like, oh, dang. But that, I really appreciate that you're also diving into that, that conversation as well as, you know, Black Girl Magic and also being an executive producer. So allowing yourself to um, help people, others with that as well. So before we close out, what is next? Do you have anything next working out in the works besides maybe next Christmas? What are your next endeavors? So um, this summer, later this summer, a lot of things are going into production. So maybe next Christmas in August um, will be filmed mid-August. Ambition drama series, which I'm a writer producer on, which is really cool. And I'm working on a really cool team of people, a lot of them who I went to college with. And they're just really dope. Destiny, Jaren, Taylor, all them, so and Marcia. So we are filming the pilot for that um, at the end of August. And Flip Flop will be going into production um, end of August or beginning of September. And so I'm really excited for us to film the season one of Flip Flop, for everyone to get to see that. It's been a long time to come in. It's been two and a half years with my baby. And we did the pilot, the pitch pilot um, back then. But now it's time to, you know, give the girls a season, you know, give us want. some plot or give them some character development, give them some drama give them some comedy. You know, we bring in it all. So there's those. And um, we also recently shot a psychological thriller short film called The Unhinged that I uh, co-wrote, co-produced with Robert Graves and also starred in. And that's going to have premieres this Halloween season because it's spooky and scary. So right. get ready for that. And then, you know, there's also, so there's multiple projects on the slate that basically we're trying to see, okay, will we film this end of July or beginning of August? Or will it be October after, you know, kind of that clump of ones I just said. So I have so many ideas that I'm trying to hone in on, like, okay, if there's another one or two that we film in 2021, which are the most important for me this year to film? That's what I'm yeah. trying to decide artistically, but also business-wise, you know, because, of course, you got to have the whole, you know, shebang in order yeah. in order to coordinate a whole, like, film or show filming or anything like that. So, you know, definitely some surprises in store since there's so many projects that are just like in development that I'm trying to see whether it's 2021 or 2022 one or 2023 even because you know feature films take long to yeah like fully execute so you know we just we just working <laughs> you're working listen I appreciate it. I think that that is dope that you can be so busy I think that that what else to do you know but make sure you got time for yourself yes so that's what I've been having to get better at honestly that's what I've been focusing on this past like month i because my birthday just passed a week and a half ago so you know i'm trying to just have my quality of life the workload at a place where things are moving forward but i'm not like overwhelmed and yes. so i can you know have my balance so. yeah and what are you most proud what are you most proud of in your career as a creator um shit um i would say maybe flip-flop yeah i would say flip-flop just that whole journey um it was it was a whole ride, like 2019 and 2020. It just I didn't know how it was all happening, but it just things were working out like it. I don't know. It didn't feel real in a way because it was my goal to be doing stuff like that. But I'm like, wow, OK, so my show is actually like getting picked up because, of course, with pitching, it was like part of me had the fear of, well, this could just get all no's because there were no's and I had to push through some no's because I was very early on still. And, you know, people want to see you fully validated. Um, by, you know, all like a lot of key players in the industry before fully wanting to say their yes. So in some ways, you know, it was hard to battle through that at the end, uh, beginning of 2020. It was just like, okay, shoot, like, is this going to work out? Like, 
who is it going to be? Cause I just, I knew I didn't want to scrap it. Cause it was, you know, very much so a passion project. Um, and it, the story wasn't my life story, but the yeah. themes of it kind of with like, you know, just the athletic stuff and just with LGBTQ things and comedy and everything that was, you know, personal. So it was important for me to see it through. And, but there were the moments that it was like, okay, we've had some no's. Are there any yeses available? So it was cool that they actually reached out to me. So I was like, oh shoot, like it it worked out. God came through. God came yes, through. that's good. I'm, I I know flip flop from what your flip flop is your baby. Like yeah, the, your baby. Like you yeah. know somebody's baby is because the work that you put into it and you saw the results. So I appreciate you for also coming on to the show, talking about everything, just being authentically you. The last question I have is: Did you did your Twitter really get suspended because of the twerkulator copyright? Yeah, it literally was <laughs> because I had already had like I think nine or ten, you know, the warnings because I do all the dance videos and all types of stuff. So for years, I was getting those warnings, like you know, whatever, like to take my video down. I'm like, okay, whatever. But on Instagram, it doesn't matter. But on Twitter, they literally snatched my shit that day. And from everything I've heard and everything, I think that the account does eventually come back. They're taking a long time. But I did the steps, so the account will eventually come back after a lot of months. But I'm not even worried about that, honestly. I, I, at first, it was just like, okay, business-wise, this is irritating. Like, Because yeah. I don't care about all that stuff. Like, for my life, I could care less about followers, social media, all that. That's why I don't, I, I just literally don't care. But when it comes to business, I do care. Yeah. So that's why I was like, this needs to not take business-wise. But then out of nowhere, the TikTok series came to me. So then that's just like had everything, like just growing so like easily. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, God got me. <laughs> God got you because clearly you moved everything right to TikTok. Because I was like, yeah. But the thing is, TikTok, yeah, hmm. TikTok be all difficult too, though. You know, all of the things, like when it comes to the music copyright, you just never know when they're going to be petty. So they'll like ban me from posting for five days over a song, even if it's a song and a challenge. So Instagram is the only one that's not annoying when it comes to music copyright. <laughs> that's funny because I had the Twerkulator. I did I did the Twerkulator challenge and mine's got my my friends got banned. His his audio got t- turned off. Mine's didn't. So God forbid. They, they be so they, random with it. Cause I also posted mine before the song came out. Cause you remember same. the sample hadn't cleared. Yeah. It's like y'all really have us like that. <laughs> Use this. Oh, y'all gosh. just started. Y'all just started to make videos for it. Y'all just started performing it. Y'all wasn't gonna drop it, and now y'all messing with our fucking just, our content. That's why now seeing them drop the song and then music video and then performing, I just be like, Ugh, get this song away from me, like <laughs> just whatever, whatever. Well, first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. I am very grateful to have you on the show. I think our listeners are going to enjoy your story, just who you are, get to know a little bit more about you besides the man behind the TikToks and the dances and the based on true story um, videos of who we are. So can you give our viewers um, your platform for where you want them to follow and subscribe to you at? Yeah, for sure. So you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Philae, so P-H-I-L-A-Y-E. Also on this shirt, and you can buy some Philae store merch at philaefilms.com which will, you know, be in the link in bio. So Twitter, you know, right now, as we just discussed, it's a little bit of suspension <laughs> situations. At the moment, just type in Philae Film and you will find me. And then on TikTok, Philae. So those are the main ones, yeah. Yes, okay, Philae Mignon. I was like, okay, Philae Mignon. I was like, oh, is that yes. I thought it was your, like, uh, your, um, what's it called? Your house name. You know, your <gasps> house of Milan. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. No. <laughs> no. It's giving steak. It's giving some steak. <laughs> I am the house of Mignon. I mean, Mignon. I am the house of Mignon. You know, oh, my but, God. That would be kind of fancy. Oh, right. I can it's see it. Designer. I can see it. It's usually designers, but I guess we could do steaks. We could do, you know, the house of <laughs> cabbage if you want to. But... <laughs> If you all want to continue the conversation with me on my platform, you all can hit me up on my Instagram and Twitter at underscore Lord Every on Instagram and Twitter. Like I said, you all can also, if you want to be a guest on the show, you all can write into that black boy joy. Well, take five. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can hit us up at our Gmail at that black boy joy podcast at gmail.com. If you all would like to follow the content on our social media platforms, you can hit us up at that black boy joy on Instagram and Twitter. And also you all can catch our videos for all of our 
or most of our videos on YouTube as well at That Black Boy Joy. So please check all of us out. Please check out Philly A on all his social media as well. We love you all. Take care and be so in love with who you are, everyone. Yes. Bye, y'all.